Oh my god, he's found us! No, no. I, thought, I thought we got okay. away. Run, 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 I can see his eyes! No! I can see his eyes! No. Down this corridor! Down this corridor, quick! Hi guys! Oh my god! Oh, the other way! The other way! The other way! No, don't go away! Breathing fire! Oh god! Oh, Keith! He's falling! Keith! Keith! In here! In here! Open this door! Quick! In we go! I'm in here now. Ah! You, can't do that. you can't idea, get away. Idea, please don't hurt us. Please don't hurt us. Oh, why are you here? You've been eaten. Why are you I've running? Got, not, if, 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 if you don't kill us, you can join in, okay? Okay. Okay. Oh, thank God for that. Latest chair. <laughs> what was the number? 158. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Stanford. <laughs> well, you are arsing around. She wants to be home before midnight. You can do it properly? I'm sad now. Yes, you are. And you have been for a long time. Get on with it then. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> It's not just a minute. <laughs> Stop it, sorry, sorry, sorry. You'll go. Welcome, Keith. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to this Staggering Stories podcast number 158. <laughs> I'm Real Keith. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I am Asterman. Dun, dun, Um... His mummy called him Scott. <laughs> Crumbly gone poof. Crumbly disobeyed us once too often. Yeah. He was the and first to fall. In the cellar. Shut up. And if Mrs. Crumbly wants him back, she knows where to send the money. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Oh but without dear. further ado, <laughs> let us leap on to news. Doctor Who, new executive producer. Ooh. Ooh. No? Someone from Moffat to Nob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, not this time. No, Moffat hasn't jumped ship just yet, but his team was one executive producer short of a dynamic duo, but is no more. Former Being Human producer Brian Minchin replaces Caroline Skinner. Ooh. Skinner's close working relationship with Moffat... Snarf, snarf. <laughs> was stuff of legend until her abrupt departure partway through the production of the 50th anniversary special. She's in the pit with Crumbly. (laughs) In the meantime, Moffat's boss, BBC Wales head of drama Faith Penhale, personally installed herself as a temporary executive producer to oversee the rest of the the anniversary special. Moffat was no doubt impressed by Minchin's expansive CV, having worked on Doctor Who as a script editor in Moffat's first season, a producer on the Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood Miracle Day, plus executive producer on Dirk Gently. Of the appointment, Moffat said, We lost him, producer of the Sarah Jane Adventures, at the end of the first run. Realising talent keeps rising is how I comforted myself back then. 
But now I am beyond happy that Brian has risen all the way back to the Doctor Who in his new role of executive producer. I look forward to getting hopelessly lost in space and time with him. Really? Oh. <laughs> that's the wrong uh, series, isn't it? Yes. Lost that's, in that's space. Yeah. <laughs> Danger. It is currently unclear just how busy Doctor Who will keep Minchin, or anyone else for that matter, as apart from the Christmas special, no more episodes are known to be going into production for quite some months. Mm. Why am I keep thinking of The Wizard of Oz? Because of the Minchins. What does that make Moffat do? Yeah, apparently they haven't had the go-ahead for the for season whatever eight. it will be, eight. eight. Well, we don't know quite what's happening, but obviously yeah. Matt Smith is off to Hollywood for a few months. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Apparently there will be no delay due to Matt Smith being in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, there will <coughs> never be no delay due to certain executive producers concentrating on other TV programmes. Mm. He, wasn't, he wasn't that, actually, I don't think it was. No. Please he just, just got his sweetie, he got his toy, and then he didn't want to play with it anymore. Game. Budgetary, I think, but anyway... Game of Thrones, even oh. more viewers. This is the scraping the barrel one. Yeah. <laughs> US cable network HBO must be pleased with Game of Thrones continual ratings inflation. Incredibly, the number of viewers appears to be increasing even more rapidly than the number of characters on the programme. Those of us in the UK box set land are still languishing on season two, whereas HBO is currently halfway through screening season three. The latest episode, 3.05, was up by 8% on the previous, with overnights at around 6.7 million. As with Doctor Who, overnights tell only part of the story these days. For Game of Thrones, the final figures, which include DVR but not Bitterint? Bittorrent. Bittorrent. Okay. Can expect to double, with average season three figures of 13.4 million. Season four has already been confirmed, unsurprisingly. At this rate, we can only be a couple of seasons away from them employing everyone with an equity card. (laughs) (laughs) What book are they on now, then? I think... The Book of Boobs. They're on doing the first half of the third book, I think. They're doing the third book in two halves. Ah. Season three and season four are going to be the third book. Like Twilight and Harry Potter. The last last one split over two films. When we get home this evening, I'm going to watch some more... Yeah, you've got into it recently, haven't you? Bill got into it. He was attracted apparently by one of the leading actresses' heaving talents. (laughs) 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 A lot of of them have heaving talents. (laughs) Apparently, he's a very good asset to their acting role. I hear Dame Diana Rigg is in it. Yes, yes, she's 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 showing off her heaving talents. No, no, she lifts the bottom of her skirt. She's she's all wrapped up apparently. Oh, well, I haven't started old. Game of Thrones yet. No, no, no I've heard really good. good. I haven't. Yeah, I, admit. I haven't had a look. A bit with a golden crown that was a bit wince worthy. Okay, yeah. so I must must that get must into have that. hurt a bit. Yes, yes. well, he deserved it after what he did in being well, he did. Uh, being uh, yeah. being human in the. Uh, Family of blood. Family of yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, If you'll pardon the expression, I converted one of the girls at work into <laughs> into delete, watching delete. <laughs> into watching Stargate. She's absolutely addicted, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and which she's tr- oh, uh, the SG one. No, which girl at work? Oh, uh, <laughs> Valerie. Sorry, Valerie Barber. Hello, Valerie. Hello, Barber. Valerie. Enjoy Stargate. It's really good. And uh, <laughs> she's reading Go- Game of Thrones on her Kindle whilst watching yeah. it, and she oh. keeps giving the books oh, to me in percentages. I've got two percent left, so <laughs> oh, she's. Yeah. Keen for me to Valerie, start. Don't do that. It's sad. <laughs> she can multitask. She can watch. She's and a woman. Read. Yeah, no, I know. I'm impressed. Yes. I have addendum. <gasps> you have addendums. No, really. They come in pairs as well. <laughs> have you got Talking ointment? Talking of games of thrones. Have you got ointment for? Them? <laughs> no. Okay. No. What? Have we got a birthday cake for Adam? 
Because it's Adam's birthday. That well, wasn't was, my addendum. Yeah. <laughs> and he's hungry. Adam's very wow. old. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but he's yeah. not as old as some of us. Yes, but we've got to this stopped counting yes, age. Yes, true. <laughs> we've entered our second childhood. <laughs> One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan Presidente. Happy birthday to you. You're not dead yet. <laughs> not sure, not sure. <laughs> anyway, your addendums. <laughs> yes, well, the first addendum is only for people who live in London, can get to London on the 12th of June and are over the age of 18. Ah, this is a sex thing, isn't this it? Is, this no, is, this, this is, is not, not This is not Doctor Who meets sex. This is Doctor Who meets fine entertainment at <laughs> Madame Jojo's in Soho. Madame right. Jojo's yep. in Soho. Yep. Yes. Three ping pong balls. Cabaret Roulette is hosted by Madame Jojo's in London, Soho, and is... Do you mind not doing that while I'm trying to read? <laughs> Sorry, I can't you help myself. Is she glaring at me? <laughs> she yes. is. Over the top of the microphone. Shall I start that again? Madame Jojo's is a cabaret roulette that's in uh, London, Soho. And each year they do a crossover mm-hmm. where a subject is selected for them to do a specialist cabaret on. Jeez. She's had to ask, is it Doctor Who or Doctor Who? Mm. All of the... Burlesque girls have to come up with a burlesque routine based around Doctor Who. We did actually Google this, and there's some really interesting inversions of Weeping <laughs> Angels. <laughs> so anyone that's around Soho in London on the 12th of June, the tickets are £12. I believe it is actually a lot of that goes towards a charity. but Nothing uh, <laughs> but a fez and a bow tie. So I want to see out. the girl wrapped up in Tom Baker's scarf make that I think, look sexy. I think it's more what she does with Tom Baker's scarf mm. as she takes it off. <laughs> but it's um, Search for Cabaret Roulette and it's also a link at thegeeksyndicate.co.uk. Oh, yeah. yeah, but if yeah. I'm at plug, work plug. and search for that, the IT men come down and hit me. <laughs> you don't <laughs> search for it this is not a suitable <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the fact that they're actually doing a, cap- a, ru- um, a burlesque and Roach the machine. person doesn't even know Doctor Who because she's never seen it is <laughs> going to be interesting. Okay. The second addendums are really, uh, she, really... She, she's hogging the addendums. I know. Mm. Second addendums are really nice bit of news. Uh-huh. Over 350 schools have signed up for free books. Oh. The three books are all target novelizations of Doctor <laughs> Who stories that were bought off an eBay site by a group of fans. Oh, they yeah, bought, yeah. they basically got together, pulled yeah. their funds, bought over six hundred target novelization books from a shop that was closing down, mm-hmm. and are giving them for free to different schools around the countries and clubs oh. and that kind of stuff. It's actually started to get into the mainstream, and there's been a few articles on it. But I think mm. it's a really nice, good news article of how fans can mm. get together sometimes. Queen! Yeah. 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 Are these the re-released editions of the target no, novelizations? Original, some, really? What what happened? This was online. Um, I'm not saying how much it went for, but it was less than a thousand, but more than five hundred. And they got into a bidding war with a dealer oh. because obviously some of those books are yeah, very, rare. very valuable. These are first editions, and God knows what. And they are literally 
just giving them free to clubs and anywhere like that. So oh, presumably all you've got to do is get in contact or something. And I think they're still open up for contacts. Okay. And we'll put a link onto the website. So uh, if anyone's listening to this in the United Kingdom, I'm afraid they probably aren't going to be wearing posting them abroad. <laughs> no. But because it's been amalgam of um, people, they are posted yeah. around the country. So everyone's got a stash of books in an area and the people involved are just picking some up. That's a brilliant mm. idea. Yeah. I too have an addendum. Ooh. Ooh. My addendum. first Give addendum. Me. Lay it on a Scotty. I'll milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> uh, I went to pick up my ticket for the cinema oh, this yes. morning and yes. just because it was sunny I popped into town just to be out and about yeah, yeah. and popped into Topshop and had one of those oh, I'm getting old moments <laughs> when I suddenly realised all the jeans are no longer in my style so <laughs> I don't know what skinny carrot and twist are but they certainly <laughs> don't fit me no you weren't in Topshop you were in Holland and Barrett <laughs> <laughs> and as I stepped out um, there was a guy outside with one of those stalls of hats you know the American baseball mm. oh yes yeah. and standing at the stall choosing a hat was someone with long flowing blonde hair so I circled round, I recognised them, circled round and uh, lent in, as I did with you, real Keith Scared and Asda, the out of me. and just said, excuse me, is your name Chris? And he went, yes. And uh, it was Chris from the Dalek Invasion of Portsmouth. Oh! Yes, who was buying a hat to wear with the Sixth Doctor costume specifically that doesn't go with a Sixth Doctor costume, (laughs) thinking maybe you can't get a hat that does go with that costume. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we can see that. We had an interesting chat because he's hard of hearing and obviously I've got problems on the left, so mainly the conversation consists of, what? (laughs) I'm off to boots, eh? (laughs) I just imagine of these two people shouting at each other. (laughs) That's it. The hat vendor calling the police. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that that was the thing. Oh, I met you at Dalek Invasion of Portsmouth, eh? I met you at the Dalek Invasion of Portsmouth. Whole of Crawley Town Centre stops to look. Geek! <laughs> so so we, we ended on. Are you on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, I'll send you an invite. <laughs> if you're listening, Chris, I actually sent you an invite three weeks ago and you haven't responded. Oh. I don't take it personally. Chris, shame on you. So shame. there's your shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Any more addendums? I'm addendum down. Yeah. I have no. it. I'm addendum Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have been watching television, and in specifically, we have been watching more of the ramblings of that little idiot in the big blue shed. We really should try watching some other programs. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we do try, but we've got a few other channels out I'll there. Point out that I watch EastEnders, but it's not worth it when Andy's not here. No, it's <laughs> not. No, it's not. It's not worth it when Andy's here. It is. No, and it's I can not. point out that I'm going to be watching the football next week and won't see it until later. Until later. Until later. Anyway, we've been watching Doctor Who. Beginning with Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS! Pigs in Space! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> rough and Clara, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was our opinions of this one? I really oh, liked it. Oh, look, there's oh, a yeah. corridor. 
Let's run down it. Oh, I dear. Care. I've got no time for these people saying, oh, and he promised us all these things, and then he just gave us the same corridors. And that, could, and that was awful. I could see the swimming pool, but we didn't get to see it, did we? Yeah, no, we just saw a picture Christian. of it through a door. Didn't the swimming pool get jettisoned into jet It got jettisoned into space, but it was also... It was also in the, the library. library. She in the herself out. Yeah. Funny enough, I was watching an old Doctor episode and mm. the corridors then look different to now, but then she keeps redesigning yeah. herself, so that's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, that's they look fun. different but, to Amy's time. But why yeah. do the corridors look like they were built for Daleks to go down? Yeah, that's my first Because they Perhaps really look like a... Dalek corridors. this is a clue. Yeah. Mm. I love this episode, but then yes, that was exactly what I wanted to see, TARDIS corridors yeah. and lots of them. Yeah, why would they have been any different than that? In When we saw the TARDIS corridors during the Fifth Doctor's era... They all look the same. Yeah. They just look different to the ones we've got. Yeah. I was watching yeah. this with someone else who said, there's only one bit of this was, which was stereotyping. The TARDIS gets tardis napped in space <laughs> and it's three black guys. Were yeah. they serious? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was this a stereotype or what? <laughs> I desperately wanted to enjoy this. I desperately wanted to like this, but it was just meh. When you saw the big friendly button right at the beginning rolling across the floor, I mm. figured out how it was going to end. Oh. Didn't matter what was going to happen, it made no, no point. The three black guys didn't mm. like them, didn't have investment in them. They were thoroughly nasty, irredeemable characters. Yeah, they were. I didn't care about them. Nobody the did. An- I don't the think android, well, the so called android wasn't. Yeah, that's a bit I thought of it was pretty cool. I thought it was quite sad what they'd done to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And they're probably going to do it all over again. Exactly. I Some didn't... people can't be saved. Yeah. And I... I hadn't figured it out when that thing rolled across the floor. I thought was... that thing no. was a grenade. So no, I was yeah. quite, you know, I was quite pleasantly. <laughs> no, you know, I, apart I... from apart from the fact that it was in the end a reset button. That, yeah, was, that was a bit annoying. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it's... the journey from beginning to end. So. It's, 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 I had the same problem I had with Utopia when the paradox machine was introduced. It's instantly obvious on how it's going to yeah. end. Big yeah. reset button. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No jeopardy to anybody in there. Could they actually hit a button that resets the universe without any reset buttons? Because the reset button is turning into the psychic paper and the sonic screwdriver. A really, really easy way of getting out yeah. of stories. And I appreciate only, that's part of the time. time they've used it. Mm-hmm. The paradox machine and this. Oh, and, yeah. and Pandorica. Pandorica <laughs> opens. <laughs> Pandorica opens was brilliant. Yeah, but really? they Sorry, it's, it's almost like it's being used as yeah, an easy it's way used, out. Used too much. Yeah. I, I didn't like Pandorica Opens. I didn't like it when it was a throwaway joke and Red Dwarf. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. But I, I only had one problem with the reset button, and that was that Clara had got lost in the TARDIS and found a book about the time oh yeah mm. yeah and she said oh i know who you are and uh, it made it very interesting because i thought oh the doctor knows something about clara and he's keeping a secret and now clara knows something about the doctor and she's going to keep mm. it a secret and then it just got wiped out yeah. or did well, it well yeah this this is the thing and well, also the, the tardis doesn't translate gallifrey and we've been told that before yeah so why was the book on the time war in english it yeah. suggests it wasn't written by a gallifrey well, who wrote it uh, exactly who did and <laughs> only I've the got, tardis or the doctor could have written it i've got no problem with people saying oh well how did she know that's the doctor's name because it probably said the doctor or uh, oh. blah 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 known as the doctor picture of him with name underneath well, yeah, the other, one of him, the other yeah, thing is it, him. whatever she read made 
made sense to. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I if I went into a library and read a book and it just said Hammerhead stood before the gallant troops, that doesn't mean anything to me. But if someone says the Doctor, Lord High President, I know what Lord High President means. I suspect what it actually told you was a title or a role that he is, um, or it says something like the Doctor, Saviour of his people. Because yeah. if it was just a name, as you say, unless it's sort of like got the name. And in brackets, the Doctor. Yeah. It's not going to mean anything to anyone. Well, this gets on to the final episode, but I'm sure his name, as we've had in Doctor Who, names have power. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it, maybe that power behind his name is what she read. Mm. Somehow she read more into the name than was actually written down because of the translation. Because circuit, it or because it has some deeper meaning. Yeah, it didn't sort of freak her out or anything, but she obviously understood the, the meaning of the words she was reading. Yeah. Do we think we're going to get a name at the oh, end? God, no. I can't really think so. It's going to be like the the doctor's wife or the doctor's yeah. daughter. It's yeah. going to be yeah. just a, a sideways look well, at there, it. There is, there is a rumour that everyone else is going to get the name except for the viewers. Yeah, The name yeah, will be mentioned, way. but... No, I think the, the story will be about the Doctor's name, but it will yeah. never be, yeah. never yeah. be revealed. Yeah. It will end. The series, this, this season, will end with Clara going Doctor Who and him looking smug at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I liked the burnt-out husks of themselves that were sort of pursuing. Oh, so did I. Uh, good? Uh, they were wonderfully, wonderfully executed. Yes, the, the Clara and her burnt-out husk mimicking each other over the console. Mm, yeah. yeah. But why didn't the Doctor regenerate? Yeah, I did wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, if he's a burnt-out husk, the Time Lord, why didn't his Time Lord regenerate? Why didn't well, we have the 12th Doctor? perhaps he was trying, or perhaps around? because it, he's so close it's... to the Eye of Harmony that it kept triggering another regeneration. Well, see, this or it is... could be that it's a, it's almost like a trapped moment in time. Yeah. It could be that he hasn't actually regenerated yet. Hmm, but if it... once that moment was over, he would have done. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed uh, Clara punching the Doctor. Yeah, that was cool. Panic, 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 scream, 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 ah! bastard. Bang. <laughs> In front of the guests. I did read a really interesting exchange on Twitter. And, um, which Mr. Paul Cornell was involved in. Oh, and he came dangerous. up with. Now, the thing on Twitter was, um, and I'm sort of like Lucy paraphrasing about two, three days worth of tweets, is how comes the Eye of Harmony's in the TARDIS? Isn't the Eye of Harmony the thing that holds Gallifrey together? Mm. Under a wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And they don't know where it is, so yes, okay. This goes back to the TV movie, too. Yeah, ah, exactly. But. Paul's argument to it, which I think is actually quite logical, is the Eye of Harmony is the name for that squashed down sun. Yes, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. If you were in a very large nuclear plant and someone said the reactor's going critical, would you say the reactor here or the reactor in the base impact? You would assume it's the reactor there because that's the one you're standing. So Eye of Harmony is just another well, word for. Reactor. I've, Every TARDIS I've, has one. It's the same I've, one. I've, yeah, said, I've yeah. never had any problem with this. No. I've, always oh, thought, no. I've always thought that it's the same one. It's yeah. in Gallifrey and in it's every in TARDIS. Every TARDIS. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, according to three doctors, the black hole there was sucking the energy out of Gallifrey and soon it will be endangering our ability to time travel. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't... Hmm. Deactivate every TARDIS as well, so yeah. it makes perfect I'd, I'd sense. No problem with that. It makes no. perfect <laughs> sense with it being there and, and there. there, because if you can have a a big box here and a small box here, but have the big box inside the small box. But question yeah. is, 
how does the Eye of Harmony and the energy, etc., make the connection between the living TARDISes and itself trapped in the... Time war. Time war. Yeah. Yeah. Because if nothing else can get out, because then they could have used that at some point to get out the same well, way they also, used the um, Also, you got, to, you got to take into account that at some point in time, the energy got, got cocked up because he was sitting the TARDIS over the rift in Cardiff yep. to open up the batteries and suck up all the engine, uh, the power, so the TARDIS can go. Now, we've had, for the Doctor's personal timeline, we've had about 200 years from that point to this point, so perhaps he just built another one. Yeah. Built I just, another Eye of Harmony. I just mm. assumed it was a shard of harmony. Could be, could be. <laughs> yeah. But I've never had any problem with the Eye of Harmony being in Gallifrey and in a TARDIS. TARDIS. No, the same thing happened in the TV movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 A link to it in there, in that room. Yeah, in the yeah. cloisters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do quite like about this is, yeah, it is the stereotype in Doctor Who, run, run down the yeah. corridor. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always running down a corridor. I like the fact they did a story... Which is running down corridors. Yeah. They didn't just run down one TARDIS corridor. The whole thing was about running down TARDIS yeah. corridors. And you, it was a little bit of a joke on itself in some respects. You had invasion of time moments with the same corridor where the TARDIS yes. was uh, deploying them round and round, round. in circles. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't, from my point of view, it wasn't the strongest story of the season. No. Um, no it certainly no, no. isn't Rings of Artie Bart for No, us. it hasn't been the worst. <laughs> but... Yeah, I enjoyed watching it. I wouldn't necessarily re-watch it yeah, again, I think, but I did enjoy watching it. I think it. it's because I desperately wanted it to be nice. I just wanted it to be good. And it was just meh. I didn't have any investment in any of the characters. I didn't oh, no, like I'd have quite happily seen all nobody, three of the... Um, the nobody boxes. stood out for me. I'm the opposite mm. way. I really, really liked it. I loved it. Really I'd watch like? it again in a shot. <laughs> really good. Yeah, I can't okay. wait to watch it again. I'm I sorry. I didn't mind it, but I didn't think that yeah. much of it either. I, I'd hoped for more somehow, but I don't know what exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked what we saw the mm. TARDIS. It wasn't as much as I would have liked. Yeah. So corridors are great, but it'd be nice to occasionally go into a big, wide open area. It would have nice. Yeah, sorry. It, yeah, room we had the yeah. library. It would have nice if the corridors were distinctive. Mm. It could have been any corridors. To my mind, yeah. it was redressed. The redressed sub. It could, yeah, it could from the Cold War. The TARDIS corridors we've seen before. They've all been the same. But they've had yeah, but they've been so distinctive. They've, they've, they've been, been. You could. TARDIS, you can. Like. You can see a corridor in the TARDIS. Mm. Old series. Corridor in the Enterprise, corridor in um, a submarine. You know which corridors they are. Ah, they could have been anywhere. Except for, she's been watching her Tom Bakers, the last Leela story, yeah. they go round the corridors, yeah. and they're actually just school stairwells. No, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff, because it was that a that cheap is, budget, but yeah, they were that, just... That's, that's yeah. my point. We, we were billed that this was going to make up for all the problems that we had in Invasion of Time. Mm. The corridors we've seen could have been a redressed, uh, redressed pub uh, or a disused Victorian hospital, which they were in Invasion. Yeah. Yeah. You know what makes me laugh is mm-hmm. that anyone involved in fandom at all listens to what Moffat says and thinks, oh, good, yes, that'll be exciting. Yeah. He's just saying what people want now, him to say. I, and... I didn't hear anything. I, I I didn't hear anything. I'm not like some people in this room and avoid all. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't deliberately go and read websites no, and that no. kind of stuff. So if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. So I, I had no idea what this was about other than the trailer. I say, I enjoyed it and I thought it was quite amusing. Uh, I'd watch Hyde before I rewatched oh, yeah. this one. Yeah. But I wouldn't, if it was mm. on or if I was running the series, unlike Rings of Ike Bartfast, I would not watch that one again really. <laughs> Not a chance. Um, the only thing, did I miss it? Did the cloister bell ring? 
A little bit. Yes. So just a dong. Just before she opened the door. <laughs> just a dong. Inside. Yeah. That was one of my questions. It was muted. It was... Why was the doctor outside? Yeah. I, I can I can understand yeah. that the, we were told the fuels had leaked. The atmosphere of the console room was poisonous. So she ejected she, him. So she spat she, him out. Yeah, so she shoved oh, one okay. one way and the other the other way. So okay. the doctor ended up outside while Clara ended up deep in. Yeah. The oh, in the bowels. Did, did yeah. notice I mean, that, that she actually protected Clara this time. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. credentials have been exchanged. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's okay, I don't yeah. like you, but I'm not going to let deliberately let you, you see, die. That, that, yeah. that, bit, that bit did work for me. I, I understood that. But I did like the fact that Clara didn't quite see it like that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's a bit of a shame that yet again the doctor does something to take down the shields and something like that and yeah, immediately that, yeah. I it's didn't, like um, Titanic yeah one. well I mean that's it you've got, again. again that didn't make sense to me you've got someone who is unskilled learning, learning. Yeah. You'd, I thought you'd pack in I'm more shields, extra shields and yeah. everything up but I'd have it wrapped in a big duvet I think yeah. they're yeah. the equivalent of an industrial estate on a Sunday afternoon when you're driving kind of stuff they're in a bit of space where realistically there should be no one else there and checked. nothing to <laughs> yeah, hear it's horns of nylon all over again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we know my feelings about that yes. one. Yes, <laughs> less said. Nonetheless, I quite liked the fact they made the TARDIS dark and uh, yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was well done. I Even liked, if it did uh, seem a bit nondescript. And I loved the, uh, the living metal, um, the, the room the tree, that could build anything. Oh, yeah, the architect. I've always thought that it should be something like that, sort of mm. like uh, the, the Viking Tree of Life. That's yeah. always been my picture mm. of the architectural circuits. Yeah. Mm. I like the final shots in the exploded uh, engine room. Yes. Just oh, the yeah. white. Yeah. That was nice. Nicely realized. That would be great in three as I say, Indiana Jones leap of faith thing <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. As I say, it's it's not all bad, but could again, have been could have been more. Yeah, again he tackled Clara, who are you? Yeah. And then just wiped it all. So it's a shame. I thought it was gonna build up to something for ne- the next episode, but uh, no, he obviously remembers. He remembers he, he made that but comment about doesn't. it being two yeah, days, didn't he? Yeah. So he knew something about yeah. it. Yeah. Some yeah. interesting ideas. I'm sure we'll never see the interior again, oh. or at least not for several seasons. Yeah. I think we might see the interior again, but I think it'll be on Scarlo or something like that with Daleks oh, well, yeah. trundling down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame they got rid of the sets they'd used for um the oh, doctor's Doctor's wife, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the tire interior changed since then. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe repainted. <laughs> they, yes. they, they look better, I thought. Yeah, just... yeah. That's what I mean. Comparing with that, yeah. just, just the set locations, it was far better. Yeah. The uh, corridors oh, were it. reused, actually. I spotted them a bit with a paint job in A Good Man Goes to War. <laughs> oh, Where yeah. the Doctor does that speech about yeah. next time. Yeah. Not surprised. I mean, it's, it's been a, a thing for ages. You you sort of like when you watch the old episodes in seasons or what have you. Yeah. You spot the same bits of things popping up and yeah. it gets repainted because it's the, hatch yeah, yeah, it's the budget <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they have to do that. Workman like I thought. Time war takes us here. Tardy spinning. Spinning. There you go. And now the crimson horror. Okay, crimson horror. Yeah. Disappointing. Disappointing. 
Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I expected more of this one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great yeah. fun. It's a great yeah, look. It's... It was a it was a Doctor Light one. So Doctor yeah. and definitely absent Clara. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't like the Doctor Light ones and the Companion Light ones very much. And I don't like the fact that they could stand halfway up a rocket shaft and launch the thing and not yes. get vaporised. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a bit warm, but other than that. Mm. Yes, that, that it, bit it did wear with me yeah. slightly. I'm willing to let that, that go. Um, that the bit before the... Uh, the music, the bit in the teaser where they uncover the guy who was red and dead, it just made me want to laugh. <laughs> and that kind of ruined the whole thing. I think, I think, I think that was the, the idea, personally. It was a, There seemed to be a whole carry-on screaming motif running through. There was definitely a carry-on yeah. screaming especially, motif especially, on this I mean, one. If you take into account the whole setup of the when the, the Doctor arrived, the flashback sequence, mm. with the flickering film, oh, you can okay, hear yeah. the crack turning. Yeah, it was, it was neither one or the other for me. I think if it was going to do that, it should have been more obvious about it because, yeah, it was just me. Did you? This, work- I think with this one, I, I have the same feeling of this one that you did with the Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Did mm. Did everybody work out who was behind the door? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. The I second she said, "My sweet, what's it?" Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. gee, I wonder who the sweet little monster is. What, what did you think of his uh, Frankenstein monster impersonation? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boris Karloff impersonation. When uh, Jenny looks through the hatch and he reaches out and grabs her. Am yeah. I right in thinking he was wearing a wristwatch? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think he's still wearing his wristwatch. I sort of yeah. caught a glimpse of that. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Probably. But yeah, I, I seem to work out when the Doctor's going to turn up in every episode. <laughs> and it's disappointing. It was quite late in this one. Yeah, yeah about 14 I, minutes, wasn't 14 it? Minutes, yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy stories where I don't quite understand what's going on for the first half. Yeah. But big finish mm. to it quite well. Mm. But uh, I really, really liked the start of this story, the 15 I, I, minutes I of Madame Vashtra. Maybe we should be getting the big finish writers for yeah. <laughs> the episodes. <laughs> but... Um, Time my dad who watched it said oh it's a bit slow isn't it because he hadn't turned up but I was really enjoying it maybe it was just the superficial things it was Diana Rigg and the Victoria set it, the Victorian set and didn't she go for it well, oh she was this brilliant this was specifically yeah. written for Diana Rigg yeah so I, she wasn't cast in the part the part was cast to her so I still me. have her from Avengers yeah no, but you I know, think both she, the yeah. accent and, and the look and but she was, was in full super villain mode oh she was brilliant chewing have, the scenery I have to admit I mean I saw the trailer for it and I thought oh that looks looks good I do like old stacks and the rest of it and yeah it was it was very strange in that Carry On Screaming is one of my favourite films <laughs> yeah. there was something not quite with it I can't put yeah. my finger on I enjoyed it but it was almost a little bit too joint disjointed. Yeah. Um, humour in it and with the guy that hired um, Madame Vastra yeah. always fainting and that kind of stuff. That, <laughs> that, that did wear a little yeah. after a while. Yeah. I don't know, it, it just seemed to waver a little bit at some point. Well, I did enjoy it, but it just didn't live up to the expectation I think that I had for it. Well, I think that's I didn't go in with this one. I didn't because of last week's. So I didn't go into it with any yeah. expectations whatsoever. I have to say my expectations were based upon the trailer. Sure. Uh, no, I didn't watch the trailer. No. Uh, the only bit I wasn't particularly convinced about was the first reveal of Mister Sweet being attached to uh, okay. Diana Rigg's chest. However, <laughs> when it was crawling away. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Almost felt sorry for it. He was going to be stamped on, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was going to make yeah. accidentally be stamped on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nope. no. She took the cane to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do Do we think Diana Rigg's daughter will come back and no. be with Strax uh, and that? It annoyed me that he didn't off. cure her. 
Yeah. Maybe he can't. Yes, he can. He can do everything. Well, in theory, he could take her to the future or something, or take her into TARDIS, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, not normally his job to do that sort of thing. I did like the idea of it that Vastra could recognise what it was because it was something yeah. from her. Contemporary yeah. for her. Time mm. period. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like the Red Weed from World of the Worlds, oh, yes. isn't it, really? Yeah. It dealt with some quite interesting and dark subjects, like the whole idea of fascism yeah. and eugenics, eugenics and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, it was almost what reminded me of uh, one of the Bond films, um, the one in space, For Your Eyes Only. No, not For Your Eyes Only. Uh, Moonraker. Moonraker. Moonraker, thank you. It had a, a great Moonraker vibe running through it, yeah. to my mind, the story. <laughs> I think Bill actually did say, one point, no, we expect you to die, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and I did enjoy the shout out to a little gobby Australian. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and interesting, I'd just seen her that day because I was at the BFI for yes. the case uh, yeah. Zani and she was on the panel there. Oh. <laughs> and Gates was there at the beginning. He said, Eddie, leave now. Don't watch this. Go home and. <laughs> we obviously we had two endings with this story. We had um, Jenny tackling the Doctor about Clara. Oh yes, of course they recognise her. Yeah. She's yeah. meant to be dead yeah, in the Christmas yeah. episode. Didn't necessarily advance that part of the plot. No. On it, no, it reminded you, it's simmering though. Yeah, you haven't got a long trip to answer it. Be tied together. No, no, at the moment, as of recording, it's only another two episodes. That's it. And we yeah. we've got some kids with us next week. Yes, because right. they, yes. they've learnt that their babysitter travels through time. How? Convenient. Yes. Maybe it's going to be a plot point, but how did they find those pictures? Um, well, yeah. one of them turned up in a study he was doing at school. Right, does it have to How did, um, what was the guy in Rose? Clive. Oh. Clive. Clive, how did Clive find all those pictures? Yeah. You know, well, he is of study, presumably. Yeah. No, because uh, the, the boy said um, he saw one picture when the one of them in the, sh- the sh- sub from Cold War when yeah. he was doing something at school. Then the other one I found by accident, and the one that made me interested is one where they saw saw her in Victorian London. Yes. Yeah, that's and that's the first time that, yeah. she's seen her I herself. She says, waving yeah. her hands in inverted commas. Yeah. I suppose she didn't assume that's from her future, though. I. I don't remember anyone in Cold War running around with a camera. No, well, well, but they, they had to go to South Pole. They had to go to right. South, the North Pole and had to go around to the South Pole. So. <laughs> of course. But yeah. n- neither do I remember her having her picture taken in Victorian London yeah. either, and as she was just the housemaid, it's unlikely that anyone would have <laughs> taken a picture of her. That's I by I'm the glad they could all afford cameras. I, know, I think the, uh, the father would have done. I think he was yeah. uh, quite keen on her. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's lovely to see old uh, Madame Vastra back. Oh, I did love yeah. the bit where Jenny woke him up he comes out and he gives her a big kiss yes. and she slaps him around the face which I think was so in keeping considering her gender reliance yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Jenny, yeah, yes. yeah. Jenny and I, I did like the little shout out to Emma Pill yes. when she strips the bonnet yes. that's the same outfit she had in Good Man Goes to War it, it was but it's a nice little the Doctor Sonic Screwdriver uh, yeah. action yes, yes. <laughs> I, that I like... was definitely Hellfire Club <laughs> yes. element yes I enjoyed Strax and the horse oh, yeah. horse you have failed Oh, and Tom. Tom. Yes, I could have done without Thomas Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) I really could have done without Thomas Thomas. That was a little bit... um... I, I, I think what it was with Strax, I just kind of felt like he wasn't used as much as he could. 
well, bit two-dimensional. Probably because he's in, yeah. the, in danger of becoming overused, yeah. Yeah. just for the sake of... Yeah. A comedy reply or yeah. comedy statement. I, yeah, they weren't written as well as when Moffat's written them, I don't think. Yeah. 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 But it did feel like it may be a bit of a pilot. Yes. Yeah, especially Most that definitely. first 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 The other yeah. thing I was wondering about, they get dipped, and they come out. <laughs> and they come out scarlet. Yeah. When you the rejects see, come, scar- come out scarlet. No, I think all of them were no, scarlet. Just, just no, just the rejects. Oh, is it just the rejects? Because I was going to say, when you see them in the glass bells, yeah, they're, they're, none they're, of them are scarlet. They're pink. Yeah. So if you've gone scarlet, you're a reject. You're yeah. Yeah. Luckily for Clara. She was yeah, okay. Accepted, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There must be another one. <laughs> <laughs> they have to start all I, over again. I have to admit, I did think they were going to kill her more. That, that is one of the things I enjoyed about this one. Because usually when it's the Doctor and his assistant, you know nothing too terrible is going to happen to them. Yeah. But when we had Jenny wandering around by herself, yeah. there was a threat level there because this yeah. is an incidental side character. Particularly but, if she's the least used of the three up yeah, now. Yeah. Good for her to get a bit more screen So, so I mean... The, there was an interesting level of threat there to them, yeah. an acceptable level of threat. She definitely had a more meteor role this yeah. time oh, around. Yeah, she had the biggest role of the three of them, probably. Yeah. About time, the other two tend to overshadow her. Yeah. Looks good in that outfit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shifting your allegiance from no, Pond? No, not really. <laughs> Nothing will ever replace Pond. <laughs> but no, I did, in, I did enjoy it. I did no. like the flashbacks. Um, they're done in that like sepia style. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost it's like film. a magic lantern. That's, yeah. 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 Yeah, with all the stills rather than it actually yeah, being a continuous film. I, film. I noticed the flickering started just before it faded into that, and I thought my eyes were playing. <laughs> <laughs> on the film ah okay I had some questions about what were those chambers the doctor used yes yeah that worked that out considering they've already dipped them yeah Mm. why would they need to undo anybody who's been dipped well Well, is it or did he just go in there so he could get changed in decency you you don't don't know that because you you just saw them under the glass domes you don't know how they were going to reactivate them after the uh, virus had been fired up into the air oh yes so that could have been a set up for that. system to reactivate okay. yeah. for the, the paradise on earth a reversal process yes. yeah. Mm. Yeah. sounds like a lot of work moving them all out there yeah. into the houses yeah. and then moving them yeah. all back yeah. to reactivate them yeah. I have to admit the biggest thing that did jar with me though was the rocket takes off like yeah. three feet behind them uh, yeah. and everyone's fine I, and there's I, been enough references in the past that if he or anyone else is in with the rockets he gets burnt to a kiss I <laughs> had no problem with that it, it was once uh, something that I was planning to uh, willing to let go it was one a small gripe amongst uh, an excellent episode I just find there's certain laws of physics I, I'm happy to have much the, about with but there are some laws of <laughs> physics yeah. I kind of sit there thinking you got to uh, <laughs> I, and one of them is big rockets yeah. make big heat. You're going to get technology. Like I said, it's only one fault un- in a very good episode where in previous ones we've had three or four faults. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm willing to let go one, maybe two, but multiple faults like flying bikes through deep space, I Reset am not willing buttons. to. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the... The, na- the brutal nature of uh, the relationship between oh, the mother yes. and daughter yeah. I mean, that was quite callous reference to Victorian values yeah. there in yeah. real life yeah. didn't <laughs> want her own daughter in her utopia yeah, because she'd exactly. been experimenting on it yeah, yeah. she's it actually caused the daughter's yeah. injuries yeah. yeah I did wonder what uh, her motivation was Gillyflower the mother yeah. yeah why did she want to wipe out everybody and keep these perfect she, people she had why did this Hitler 
Yeah, she had this well, idea of you know London and the sins and all the rest of it. You got the feeling these were quite her whole sort of valley was quite um, religious based as yeah. well. So these are proper God fearing, honest professionals. They're also the prettiest and the healthiest. I mean, it is tying in with some of the more twisted Victorian values of what was considered as to be acceptable decent, and not upholding. decent. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's something missed there about the father. Well, we, there, there was that lie about him having yeah. uh, beaten yeah. the daughter. Obviously, it wasn't true as a mother. I mean, yeah, yeah, but what we, happened to him? We've got no idea what happened to Mr. Guinea Fowl. He yeah. probably was one of the dipped first rejects. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe, maybe she was a, a single mother. Maybe that's where all her prejudice generated from. Yeah, could be. Yeah, left Shame on her own. Have a little bit more, an extra yeah. line or two might be yeah. enough to clear that up. Oh, well. Overall, though, very yeah. good. Looks yes. really good. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, it looked oh, very, yeah. very As I said, superficial, yeah. but just the look of it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I must admit, I am looking forward to the next one. I'm not going to say anything other than it's written by Neil Gaiman, yeah. considering how much I liked his last one. <laughs> <laughs> very different than the next one. Oh, yes. Marmite is the word I hear said about it. I too have not seen the trailer for this one. I'm I looking forward to it, and I didn't know what was coming until someone told me. Facebook. Oh, oh no, I deliberately haven't watched the trailer. I'll just tell you what you're missing out on then. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Only two left, though. Yep. I know. Is it a two-parter? No. This, no, no, it's my no, one part. Two, two episodes. Two self-contained episodes. Bring on a full 13-episode run, please. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year if we're lucky. <laughs> Before we move on to the next thing, we need to say happy Maybank holiday to a few people. Oh, yes. 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 His magnificence smiling beneficially down upon us. He's enjoying the early spring sun. Yes. Mm. I think he's got a bit of a tan. He has. That Morris dance is brought by dancing (laughs) at 5.30 on the 1st of May. There were Morris down. You danced last year as well and it pissed it down for a year. (laughs) No, we didn't dance last year. That was the problem. It was our fault. It (laughs) rained too much to actually dance last year. (laughs) There was Morris dancers in Crawley Town Centre a couple of weeks ago. Yes, there was. And I thought of you and the the fact that I hadn't brought my mm-hmm. camera phone That's with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, so hello, hello, Pertwee. Hello, everybody else. Hello, everyone else. <laughs> Graham <laughs> Churchill. Um, Skeletal Matt Smith. Yep. Ashes. Uh, the Ashes of Pom. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. You've got to cut down this collection. Yeah. <laughs> Dangling angels. <laughs> dangling angels. I have a question Go on, then. for us and possibly for our listeners to write in. Oh. This is something I was thinking about the other day, this whole doctor's name thing. Oh, all right. So we know Gerald. his name is not Dr. Fullman. Yeah, yes. So what's Susan's real name? Jessica. And Bob. if she Bob. is humanoid, yes. i.e. not a time lord, but mm. could conceive children... Is that why the Doctor's permanently trying to save Earth in the future? Because his genome is now spread so widely given explanation. <laughs> or, if she is a time lady, yeah, she did she is. age naturally? When her old man died, she regenerated. And not having a TARDIS and gone off radar, is she still out there or did she get called back for the war? That's the first techni- question we could ask is, is she really his granddaughter? Or yeah. Did she, was she just hiding in the TARDIS when he stole it? And He's made reference before about I, having Yeah, I think it doesn't necessarily mean it's her. Yeah, I think yeah. it's sort of like fairly accepted she is his mm. granddaughter. I think it'd be a bit if it... So we need to know if she's fully Gallifreyan, you mean? Well, she's fully Gallifreyan, but is she 
Time Lord. Are all Galifaeans Time Lords or all Time Lords Galifaeans? That kind of thing. Mm. Like Time Lord. Yeah. Like can they regenerate? Yeah, I can she regenerate? I'm so sure is it a can. case of the human race is infected by the Doctor's chromosomes, which is why he likes her so much, or is she still out there? And um, what did she get up to with David after the Doctor dumped her <laughs> on her? I think in the wreck of a planet. Biologically compatible. Yeah. I suspect, yeah. however, they did have a quick practice to check out if they were. <laughs> I think it was covered again on a big finish, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, she does have Touched a upon briefly. child. Brent, yes. Yeah, she has a child, a Great son or something. So yeah, so she could come back for the yes, fiftieth. Could be, you never know. And I you won't have got... to worry about it being a different actress because if she can regenerate, yeah. 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 And we've got William Ruskell in Adventure in Space and Time. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to get Caroline Ford yeah. in there. I think she is in it too. Yeah, really? She, she's, she again, it's another coffin bit background part. She's not going, oh, Grandfather! <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're in the Five Doctors, so you can slip on a blade of grass. <laughs> so, yes, if you have any thoughts on that, you can always give us, share them with us by emailing us at show at Staggering Stories dot net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yep. <laughs> okay. We have been watching things, different things, in a larger environment. Oh. 3D things? 3D things. Not covered by the TV license fee. No, no. At the cinema. Naughty yes. things. We have been watching Iron Man 3. It was really nice to see it on a screen that's the size of the screens when I used to go to the cinema when yeah, I was a yeah. kid before they all shrunk. Then. Yeah, we watched it on the, the IMAX. No, the is... two flicks near me both have full size screens about the same size as IMAX uh, okay. screens. It was yeah. amazing. It was huge. I couldn't take it all in. <laughs> the screen, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I what do we think? Three. Yes. Very good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. At a very high level, I'd probably put it above two, getting towards one, but maybe not quite. I, yeah, I think I think it was certainly on a par with one. Okay, I'm not sure Myself. it's quite that far. I but haven't seen two. Is two as funny as three? No. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Two is a bit uh, of a disappointment. I, 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 I remember leaving the cinema from two feeling slightly disappointed. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed two, but two is much more about Iron Man. Yeah. Rather than Tony Stark. Yeah. Calling it Iron Man 3 is slightly wrong because it is definitely a Tony Stark film. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he doesn't really spend a lot of time comparatively in the suit. No, no. Certainly not as much as he did in one and two. Even yeah. with multiple suits. Even with multiple suits, <laughs> yeah. 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 I like the... 42 of them. 42, yeah. yeah. I like the vulnerability as well in this, because the first one, there was that element of Tony yeah. Stark being quite vulnerable and, and the suits come in to protect him. And for various reasons, that's repeated, but in a different way, in that he still uses the suits to protect him, yeah. but in a slightly, this is more in an emotional manner rather it's, than a yeah. physical one. You've mentioned before, and what I do like, it's his emotional repercussions of the events of Avengers. Yeah. It's much more of a sequel to that than yeah. Iron Man 2. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. And it appears a, to be the end of the trilogy. Yeah. He's a wreck, basically. <laughs> Let's put it bluntly. It, you could, He's a wreck. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could take it that the fact that it now has, it's wrapped up the Iron Man films. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Till he gets to the end of the credits. Yeah. <laughs> 
that Tony Stark may return, yeah. but will Iron, Iron Man. Man. Uh, not Iron Man. The oh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey, Robert, yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. return. There, there has been talks of recasting. I, I have oh. heard rumours of recasting. I don't think yeah, it will work. Because part of, this is something we were talking about earlier on, was part of the thing I think Iron Man works for is Robert Downey Jr., believes in the character mm. oh, when yeah. he plays with those invisible projections and screens the comp- yeah, the they the are there mm-hmm. they're in front of his eyes he can see what we're seeing and all the rest of it he actually portrays he believes all of this is real and he's made that character so much his own. You could have the part played by someone else, but you'd have to leave, I think, a sufficient period of time for yeah, them to make the character their own. You couldn't bring someone else in to play it at this moment in time because it's too much him. And I don't think anyone would play it quite as convincingly as he is at the moment. I'm sure it could be done, but we're so, we're so used to it being That's Robert Downey yeah. Jr. It, he is Iron Man. That's yeah, it. A lot It'd of have to be. It's a bit like Superman. You can have an actor playing Superman, but if you have them too close to the last one, it, it yeah. just jars yeah. too much yeah. and that, that kind of stuff. That happened a bit with Spider-Man. Yeah, with Spider-Man. Yeah. Although a lot of people think the new Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, is, is better than oh, the I original. Do. I do. Um, <laughs> it still it seems very close on the heels. It's yeah. Too, yeah, too close for a read. Tobey Maguire. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I think Downey Jr. would still do Iron Man in Avenger scenarios. So uh-huh. it, it might be that they're not going to make any more Iron Man films, but he will come back and play the character in the, the ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Iron. That's the Avengers stuff. Very likely. It's a bit like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp very, very rarely reprieves the same character twice, <laughs> except for when there's a particular character he really, really likes. And, and I get the feeling that, that crash into the ground when yeah. too much. <laughs> but I get the feeling that Iron Man is a similar kind yeah. of thing to um, Captain Jack, as in not our Captain Jack, but yeah. the pirate Captain yeah. Jack. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> this yeah. was my first trip to the IMAX, first 3D oh, yes. film, oh, really? and yeah. uh, even with the weaker. I could do 3D. I was amazed. Firstly, that I could do it, and obviously the the effect. It was brilliant. And uh, I was so busy enjoying it that when that first explosion occurred, I've never been in an explosion before, but it was just reach out and touch it. There was shrapnel everywhere. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did like the um, bit where uh, Pepper got to get in the suit. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> mm. Well, it was obviously very captivating because there's one point, and I'm not going to say where it is in the film because it will give it, 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 if you don't know it's coming, but there's one point where someone sneaks up behind oh, Tony yes. Stark and hits him over the head. <laughs> yes. Well, Tony Stark's having a conversation, the With person the sneaks up behind him, the camera realises it, and the person behind us realises it, but we're going, oh! Yeah. <laughs> Fist. Yeah, yeah. She she got into it. She was getting into the. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't actually been to the IMAX before. I've seen 3D, but I've never been to an IMAX before. And yeah, a total yeah. total yeah. screen immersion, even yeah. in 2D. I suspect it's quite yeah. good. Yeah. The end bad. credits were a bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of reading, a lot of panning my own head. You know. Uh, as I said, this is the second time, and I've been in the IMAX, and it's about the only time 3D actually works for me. Otherwise. I go boss eyed yeah. trying mm. to. Oh, yeah, I out. was pleased I didn't yeah. feel nauseous from it. It's a better form of 3D. Yeah. 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 I have to notice they do it different technically. Even with glasses, if you turn, if you don't maintain straight on vision, if you start to turn, you do start to get blurring of the 3D at the sides. Yeah. 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 I uh, I really liked Ben Kingsley in this. <laughs> oh, he's oh, good. He was yeah. fantastic. Chewing that scenery. Oh yes, yeah, brilliant. Chewing, 
He ripped it off the wall, chewed it, and spit well, it back I, up. We got, we got, basically, we've got two, ver- not giving too much away, but we got two versions of Ben Kinsley, and I liked both. Yeah. yeah. Both had yeah. different facets to them. I hear some of the, the fans of the original are rather upset, the Mandarin's treatment. In yeah, it, but, I, well, oh. it's, uh, I think the, the comic version of the Mandarin is ultimately quite different from the, the film Yeah, oh, completely, version. completely yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. He's the big bad in the Iron Man world. Yes, yeah. So I, I suppose I felt like I had to bring him into this film. Yeah. But I'm really pleased the way they did it. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the main um, contentions from when they were setting up Iron Man, things, who the villain was. Yeah. Who could they choose as a, an iconic comic villain to put, fit that role for the film? Yeah. Stan Lee wasn't in it enough. <laughs> he was in Aww. it, but uh, not much. Very brief. Here well, I am. He's been ill, hasn't he? He's been ill, and the poor lad, I think, is the, mm. the wrong side of 90 now. Yeah. Once he drops dead, they have to stuff him so he's bring him into each film. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling across the background of the screen. Yeah. So yeah. It also goes without saying that there's some brilliant special effects oh, in it. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. yeah. I, had, I dread to think how much they spent yeah. on, on the actual well, CGI some, and special uh, effects. The budget is $200 million. The, <laughs> the oh. credit roll, I mean, there was more special effects guys than there were actual people working on the film if you understand my yeah. oh yeah, yeah. it's such a fast turnaround as well they have yeah. to have lots of people doing it yeah. there's no time I think one of the interesting things with this film and to some extent this is why the X-Men and this one work they deal with some quite dark issues mm. I mean this one you've got the whole thing of Tony Stark the human being basically yeah. suffering from post-traumatic stress, stress. Yeah. Yeah. but you've also got the whole thing about America being victim of its own actions both mm. him and the America yeah. creating their own enemies and yeah. it's not the Batman I shoot your parents I throw you into the goop this is very realistically done mm. especially when you know what's gone in the Middle East and oh, how people have been yeah. put yeah. into power and that yeah. kind of stuff and considering also what's going on in America at the moment I think it's actually quite brave of any director or producer to make a story that's so pretty obvious about oh, yeah. that puppetry and you know and I and I can see that she's sort of like jarring with some people over there I wasn't sure how it was going to go but it did feel like a current day reference didn't it oh very much so and I did like that dealing with those darker issues of nature and that not shying away from them but making it also not just a sideline it's actually his his breakdown and everything else is the main thrust of the plot it was my head on Mm. Mm. but no this one's definitely going on to DVD and joining the collection oh yes at which point I will then have a day or weekend of watching all three back to back yeah yeah I'm going to watch the whole box set Mm. you always know whenever the vice president turns up in something like this it's going to be it's going to be the villain I think he's to take over I I can't remember the name of the actor but virtually every other film I've seen him in he's been the villain he's got mm. that sort of face yeah, yeah. Guy Pierce, no no yeah. the vice president oh yeah yeah uh, have you also noticed right once sure. upon a time when it was a fantasy program and the president was kidnapped the president was black now they have a black president yeah. whenever you've got a program and the president's going to be kidnapped or held to right so the prisoner's white yeah yep. <laughs> so does that mean when Barrick goes and they get a new president and if they're white 
all the presidents who films are going to be blacking. Because there's a lot of black actors are probably going, darn, I'm never going to play the president again. I think they tried to go something that looked a bit like George W. Yes. Yes. I think so. That was a quite deliberate move, I think. Yeah. All that oil stuff. (laughs) Yeah, all that stuff about uh, there was a big oil spill and uh, it all covered up. It was a... That was very... Enron, very... Very uh, BP. Cheney. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. But very much uh, recommended... Oh, God, yes. It's a good action... Yeah, it definitely it's has got the dance humor, scene of approval. It's got action. Yeah. It's got I think Junior. <laughs> it didn't drag at any no, point. It doesn't, no, it doesn't. I, it's I good think pace. A, for me, Quite sign a of a film, good too. film is I didn't notice how numb my bum was. Yeah. It's a sign of a good film, you know. Okay. Uh, That's 3D a, for you. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a good pace to the whole thing. Definitely. Mm. Go see. Has the staggering story seal of approval. Yeah. Lovely people have been writing to us. You certainly have, thank you. Yeah. In fact, a lot of you have been writing to us. Yeah, quite a few. So we're going to read what you have wrote. <laughs> Is that proper oh, English? We, we're supposed to read it out loud. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got to read it again now. Okay, we have had one here from Bernie. Hello, Hello Bernie. Bernie. Hello. No, it's not Bernie Weekend. <laughs> Hello, all you. Hello. My Hello. name is Bernie. And I've been listening since the wedding of Riversong all the way from America! Woo! I am 13 years old, so I am more into the new who than the old. I have just decided to write you after considering it for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We're not that bad, honest. (laughs) Here's some things. One. In America today, April 23rd, an impostable astronaut day according to the internet. I didn't know that. Day the 502 or something? Yeah. Yeah, anyway, carry on. Well, whatever it reason <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. this means that many Who fans drew check marks on their arms to celebrate. <laughs> I'm not actually sure, is this, in the anniverse, is this the anniversary of the episode? It may be the date of broadcast. It's only the date it was set. Remember that uh, when the yeah. time mess up Churchill, it yeah. was always 5.02. Yeah. yeah. That was meant to be that date. Uh. Two, the guy who has been sending you very long, ridiculous letters sounds like David Thorne, who mm-hmm. does so for a professional, basically. Okay. It's not him. I don't think no. this has got two different names. This is the link to his website, www.27bslaa.com. SH6.com, but we'll put, put that up. Show notes. David Banner, I think, probably you, you mean. Yes. Three, I am also a very big fan of Community. Ah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And have been wondering if you can watch it over there where you live. Yes. The On season- DVD. On DVD. <laughs> the season four episodes about the Inspector Space Time convention was disappointing. Ah. Oh, but there were some great references. I haven't seen that one yet. Love your show, and I'd like to tell you more about middle high school Who fandom in the States. Okay. Interesting. See ya, Bernie. Goodbye, Bernie. Goodbye, Bernie. (laughs) P.S. Did you know that the Radiohead song, Up on the Ladder, the first line is, I'm stuck in the TARDIS, trapped in hyperspace. No. Just letting you know. I Thank you. We're now going to Google that. that. Yes, yes. Hyperspace. Anyway. We've heard from David Banner. Hello, Hello David. David Banner. Or the Hulk. Or David Thorne. <laughs> he says, good evening all, hope you're all fit and well. 
Yes. I often think yep. of you all as a fine, polished band, so let me go around the table shaking your hands. Oh, thank Hello you. to the lead singer who struts and dances around the stage but secretly hates the lead guitarist because he writes the band's most popular songs. <laughs> Hello to the lead guitarist who stands there playing so eloquently but secretly hates the bassist who is having an affair with his wife. Hello to the bassist who is standing right at the front of the stage, leg cocked up on the monitor, looking down into the crowd at the heaving bosoms, but who hates the lead guitarist's wife and is only having an affair with her to get his own back on him for having 75% of the royalties. Hello to the drummer who keeps the band in line, but who hates all his bandmates because all he ever sees is their asses. Hello to the keyboardist who is grateful of a job, but secretly hates the lead singer because he told him to wear a hat to stop the light bouncing off his bald spot. And hello to the rodeo who does sound checks and thinks he is a rock star, but is but in reality is fat, spits when he talks and wears the band's T-shirts three sizes too small. So, having some time off today, here I am in my favourite coffee waffy woof woof shop. In case you're interested, I'm drinking medium skinny hazelnut latte with extra shot. No, we're not, so we'll get to the end of that. (laughs) Then, there have been some Who episodes to talk about. Shall I get down to that? Yes! Yes. The rings of I'll blow it. The rubber rings of Afghan hound. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this and already my memory is getting sketchy. This mm. might be a bit short. Let's see if it can, I can recall what happened. The Doctor and Three Coins in the Fountain Clara land backstage during the rubber rings of Afghan hounds got talent Wednesday morning 3am. Clara is amazed to see the Doctor talking to Digby Daredevil, the six-foot dog about his Daredevil bike act. And the Doctor tickles Digby. He warns three little pigs, Clara, to be... Why is he calling her these things? The third Clara. Ah, to be careful, as some dogs still have the habit of sniffing your crotch. She suddenly <laughs> sees little girly Shirley upset and goes to help as the doctor fends off Digby Daredevil from humping his leg. The little girl has been chosen to sing, but she is very nervous. Three times a lady, Clara, says, stop being a knit and pull yourself together. Three steps to heaven, Clara meets up with the doctor who has been to change out of his sticky trousers and they sit in the <laughs> while the little girl sings How Much Is That Doggy in the Window. The song is such a hit that the Judd wants to meet her. She decides to take 54321 Clara with her. The doctor comes as well because he can see Digby Daredevil winking at him. The three of them meet Amanda Holden who is see- sitting in her kennel. The doctor secretly <laughs> sonics her, but this acts like a dog whistle and makes Amanda want to go to walkies. Ant and Deck now appear to take them to... Oh, God, no. Simon, who has had too much fake tan and Botox. The Doctor does his Max Bygraves impersonation, but it's so bad it makes the god angry. Three is a magic number, Clara, realises that the god is a big ball and doggy's, a doggy's favourite toy. She whips out her leaf to give the god knowing to give the god, knowing that the god can chase it to his heart's content. The two travellers go home, vowing to never again watch an ITV talentless show. Spot Actually on. Actually sounds yeah. better than the original. <laughs> yeah, you know what this episode reminded me of most? School assemblies. <laughs> Seeing all the aliens sitting in the audience looking bored as the little girls sang. In fact, yeah. the aliens were so bored, even when their lives were at stake, they stayed sitting. <laughs> true. Our school assemblies yeah. were so dull that I used to try and liven them up. It's all Doctor Who's fault, because I found out that if you don't didn't go or got removed from assembly, you went to the library, where they had plenty of target books. So during assembly, when singing was on, I would raise my arms in the air and initiate a sway from side to side, <laughs> but doing so more and more violently, so that you either ended up having one's, one's hit over the head, or the person on the end was shoved off. That was fun. <laughs> one time, I remember, I Sorry. took in some mashed potato that I had dyed with brown food colouring, put uh. it in a piping bag and piped it on the boy's bum in front, then yelled, Miss, she's done a poo! <laughs> <laughs> I got removed from assembly for that. Another time, I removed myself. I think I was reading a new Tintin book. 
Anyway, we had a guest vicar talking about how we should stand up for our beliefs, so I stood up. Mr. Dickens loudly told me to sit down, but I yelled back, I'm not staying here listening to a Satanist, it's against my beliefs, <laughs> and started to walk out. I clearly remember the letter home saying that the school was proud that they were able to help their pupils have the courage to be able to stand up for what they believe in, but I held some weird views and needed to learn how to better communicate them, and that the library would only be open lunchtimes and after school. I think I got rumbled. <laughs> um, it does realise we're not a counselling podcast. <laughs> One thing I thought was really good was how Clara was skipping and turning circles, talk, taking in all the sights when walking with the Doctor. I wonder if she was humming the skipping song Lulu Skip to Maloo. <laughs> Niggle alert. Sound mix. I have reasonable hearing, but I really struggled to clearly hear what was being said. Two scenes were really bad. First, when the little girl was singing, it was impossible to make out what the words were. And secondly, the doctor's big speech. I kept having to rewind. In the end, mm-hmm. it took over an hour to watch. Someone <laughs> turned down the sound mix. Someone told the sound mixer to turn the music down, please. Yeah, common problem. Mm. Two, yeah. the leaf sings. Clara's got a magic leaf bum bum. Clara's got a magic leaf bum bum. E-I diddly-o Clara's got a magic leaf. Not only can it change colour, it can change size and species as well. And after (laughs) over 20 years it has not dried out and crumpled to dust. She must have used moisturiser on it every night. Oil of Ulay. Yes. I remember that advert. (laughs) Overall the story was not too bad. There was just a there was a lot to enjoy. It's just it's just uh, meh. Not a clunker by any means. A better than average episode. Really? Really, yeah. Rightio, time for my third coffee. Now let's move on to Cold War. From the off, can I say that I was really looking forward to this episode, written by one of my favourite Who writers in a claustrophobic setting evoking a dark and dangerous time, and it left me cold. I was so disappointed. I'm not normally a person who criticises or be negative about things that I take seriously. I just want ones to have done their best. But I can't find anything positive in Cold War. Can't. I'm so sorry. What? I'm so very sorry. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> what I found was drab, uninspiring, repetitive and lifeless. No diamonds, just my tears falling. Oh. I mean, the Cold War was a scary time. It was madness. They used to show threads at my school. Yes. Yes. I remember being so scared that I would rush home and pray that there would never be a nuclear war. See, prayer works. <laughs> we even had practice sessions at school every what, prayer every week of what to do if we got the four-minute warning. Yes. Yeah. And this episode seemed to relegate the Cold War setting. It really should have hammered home the point of what would happen if a nuclear device was launched. Warriors on the cheap did it better. So, the hmm. Ice Warrior. Oh, dear. It has a cybernetic suit like a Cyberman. It stomps like a Cyberman. It has a silly voice like a Cyberman. It is tall like a Cyberman. It's green like a... Well, you get the idea. (laughs) And whose stupid idea was it to show the Martian? Don't you know less is more? It looked like a brush I used to clean the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not an electrician, but even I know that when you're standing in water, having water pouring down you soaked right through, you do not play with an electric cattle prod. This was a (laughs) Russian sub. You couldn't tell. We had accents from all over Britain. Yes, I know the TARDIS translates into English and vice versa, but I've never known it to replace the accent as well. It does, yeah. Too much Sonic. Please, can we lose the Sonic? Yes. Pretty please. Mm. Yes. I hate being negative. Makes me feel grubby. So very sorry. <laughs> what the Doctor should have done was use his magic Sonic to make a mixtape for the ice <laughs> So, here's the Doctor's top ten. Oh, no. Ten. Break the Ice by Britney Spears. Nine. The Thin Ice by Pink Floyd. Eight. Ice Cream for Crow, Captain Beefheart. Seven, Ice Cream Freeze, Hannah Montana. Six, Tears of Ice, Stradivarius. 
Five, skating away on the thin ice of a new day, Jethro Tull. Four, <laughs> Lord Chalk Ice Goes Mental, Elton John. Three, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Two, Cold as Ice by Foreigner. One, Baby It's Cold Outside, Dean Martin. Mm. <laughs> so that's your lot. Just a few brief thoughts this time. Shall I tell about Hyde? Think I'll leave it to next time. It was good, though. Oh, good. And oh, yeah. by the way, still prefer Clara number two. Hope you're all fit and well. Love to you all, David Banner. Yes. Yeah. When the world... Uh, I'm not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll like Crimson What's It then if he liked Clara number two. Cause she's, she's back in the Victorian. In the Victorian era. But, she's but, been, but she Clara. wasn't in it, so... Really yeah. on the accent thing, uh, back in the Pompeii one, yeah. they made a point of it. We had a Cockney accent. Yeah. 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 David great, Jensen. Yeah. And person. indeed in uh, Vincent of the Doctor. Yeah. He sounded Scottish, yeah. as Amy did, so Amy sounded Dutch, Dutch to Dutch. him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, we have one here from Svee. Hi. Hello, Svee. Svee. Hi. Here's my in-depth, lengthy review of this season to Doctor Who at the time of writing. This is Crimson Horror, just Ooh. aired. Meh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to elaborate. Yep. For me, this has been the weakest since the Doctor Who's revival of 2005. Really? Wow. Even against Rings of Arty Bartfars? Oh, that's what he's saying. Monsters. That's yeah. what he's saying. Now, I'm not going to go off on the Muffet Must Go fan rant, much like the RTD Must Go fan rants of a few years back, oh, or even the JNT Must Go fan rants of yesteryear, or even the Philip Hinchcliffe must go rant of prehistoric times. Which none of which matched the Hartnell must go rants <laughs> of the well, 60s. Yeah. But I feel that Doctor Who has lost its way of late. It's lost its impact. It was must-see TV for my kids, and now it's not. And it's not helped that this rather weak season has been dragged out for over two years for some inexplicable reason. Mm. Yeah. Here are my feelings of what the problems are. Mm-hmm. Firstly, the big concept movie poster of the week idea. Good in theory, good for a few episodes, but ultimately lacks any depth. One of Moffat's big strengths was a write a specifically Doctor Who writer who was very highly tightly plotted seasoned up with massive payoffs at the end. It may have been more compelling drama, and without this trick in his toolbox, this season has become somewhat inconsequential. Yeah. Yes, I know we've had Who is Clara subplot. But other than the Doctor saying that she's impossible every 45, uh, 43 minutes, not much has happened to move on or layer this mystery. No, true. Which segues nicely into what I feel the main problem is. It's a move away from authenticity. This is what I'm finding the most trying. Everything is as well-judged comedy moment. And if it's not that, everything else is a well-judged dramatic monologue. Mm. The characters don't feel real anymore. If you think back to Rose the episode, not the character, Mm -hmm. her reaction to entering the TARDIS first time was to burst into tears. Don't worry, it's just culture sock, says the Ninth Doctor. But how real was that? RTD's strength was to bring real human motion and reality into these outrageous settings with starships and monsters. In Partners in Crime, there's a moment when the Tenth Doctor is in the TARDIS investigating something, and he says outside to his companion, out loud to his companion, oh, to realise he doesn't have one and that he's alone. Again, great authenticity, which has always been there wherever Doctor Who was great. Does the Doctor really have to bound out of the TARDIS screaming there is no one place only to do a comedy double take to realise that he's not there at all? Viva Las Vegas. Oh, wait, we're in a nuclear nuclear sub. He does that every fracking time. (laughs) He can. 
and it's just wearing a bit thin on me. Somehow Matt Smith's performance has been allowed to drift into caricature of himself. He doesn't feel real anymore. He feels like an actor playing Doctor Who. And it wasn't that long ago he felt completely real. Those scenes where he was walking back through his own timeline in the Pandorica Opens, the Big Bang, were just stunning. <laughs> the last time I saw the Doctor was at the end of the Wedding of River Song, and I really like to see him again. Still, I have high hopes for getting back on track with the anniversary special in November. So, here's my reviews for the episode this year. Bells of St. John. Meh. <laughs> Rings of Axarton. Ooh. And not a good ooh at that. We're thinking of the Flash Gordon rocket scooter. Cold War. <laughs> like seeing the Ice Warriors. Keep your kit on in future, lads. <laughs> Hide. Pretty good. Nearly as good as the above average big finish. Journey to the centre of the TARDIS. Meh. Again, the Crimson Horror, above average until the Doctor turns up and starts acting. <laughs> That's the great thing about Doctor Who, it lo loses its shine. All you have to do is wait around for a bit and a new team will be breathe fresh life into it. So, what do you guys think? Svi. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe Series 7 was always going to seem a bit bland after the, the convoluted Series 6. Possibly, possibly. Maybe. But I've I got to agree, I still think it is an, a great error splitting the season up. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Because, I think that's yeah. done more damage yeah, than anything else. Yeah. Every season you do get a couple of perfect gems and a couple of so-sos and a couple of meh. You're splitting down the average. Mm. Yeah. You, I mean, you're getting it all one lump so you, you can follow it coherently through and you can still remember the great fantastic ones. Mm. We've had uh, half a year between them. I'm having difficulty remembering the, the fantastic ones, but I'm definitely remembering the bad ones. Mm. I'm suffering with Firefly Syndrome, which is, just as these episodes are counting down, we've already had the sixth one. Yeah. Oh, there's only two left. Yeah. It just it doesn't yeah. feel right. Mm. It does feel like we've had more misses and hits yeah. Yeah. this half season so far, which is a shame. And I think it, it keeps right there in terms of, you know, we all remember the good old stories. Yeah. But when you actually go back and watch them season by seasons... Okay, it tends to be more of episodes and stories, but there are still episodes and stories that there's a reason why we didn't remember them in the first yeah, place. Yeah, 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 because yeah. they weren't that good, the story lagged, or what have you. So we remember the brain and Morbiuses, but we don't remember the, the other rights. Yeah, the sensor rights and the other bits that go around it. That's so as you say, it's okay when you've got it's a all, chunk, yeah. but when you've got smaller bits, the cracks start to yeah. show. Yeah. You're beginning to realise there are perhaps more bad episodes than there are good episodes. Mm. OK, we've heard from Gordon Jones. Hello, Gordon! Dear awesome podcasters <laughs> and scroll dingers as the man. Thank you. <laughs> I listened to your latest marvellous episode and I felt I had to provide some feedback because your podcast creates a marvellous sense of community. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Though meeting you in real life before listening to the podcast may have had something to do with that. The, <laughs> sorry, something to do with that. Since I've never had to deal with the clash between imagination and reality. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're exactly the same in reality. <laughs> he knows, he knows. <laughs> I was greatly disheartened to find Stephen of Radio Free Scaro is actually quite good looking. And not... <laughs> And not you, excuse me, hang on, can I take judgment there? Are you implying that we're not good looking? <laughs> what are you yeah, trying to gone. say there? <laughs> Sorry, I'll start that bit again. 
I was greatly disheartened to find Stephen of Radio Free Scaro is actually quite good looking and not the average Joe as his voice implies. <laughs> I worry about Crumbly for the same reason. Because, any, because anything less than Arthur Smith's vision I have in my head would lack age, wisdom and gravitas. <laughs> Regarding your explanation of why the doctor mispronounces meta, mispronounced metabilis metabolis, metabolis, yeah, yeah. metabolis I got the audiobook of Green Death from the Library. So Pertwee's pronunciation in Planet of the Spider seemed very off to me. Incidentally, I suffered from the same problem as the third Doctor when I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I pronounced Beetlejuice, Beetlegeese, and Zaphod, Zarford, instead of Zaphod. This problem has even struck me in the opposite direction when I've listened to the audiobook of A Song of Ice and Fire, book one. Thinking the character's name as being spelt Tyrian... Is that right? Yeah, about that. Tywin, Rob and Daenerys. Dull talk, I know, but I've made up for it by writing you a drama sketch. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you think of it, if you perform it, and I'd gladly write a follow-up, because university is over for the year, and I need to raise my profile a little so I can attract people willing to make green-eyed nothing a reality since I suffered creative difference with the production company, who were going to work with me on it. Outside of the drama crossover, I would gladly write an episode related sketches in future for you to feature in your podcast, should you wish. Toodle Pip, Gordon Jones. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have the, um, the aforementioned? I do, yeah. We'll have to have a read of we that. Shall, we, shall, we shall mold that Ooh. over, yes. Yeah, thank you. OK, I have one here from Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Hello, team. Well, that's two for two excellent episodes. I have to ask, how insane do you have to be to create tech that uses a collapsing star as a means of travel? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do expose their children to radiation and call themselves lords. Mm. Guess those are hints, eh? Anyway, how would you even service that? What would your mechanic say? <laughs> Potential black hole in your transmission is low on gravity? Your solar body on your crankshaft is having an eclipse? <laughs> His big end's gone. <laughs> no wonder everyone was afraid of Time Lords. They're like if Oppenheimer and CERN had loved children with Microsoft and the US Defence Department. <sighs> Want to build something that could break our planet? Punch a hole in reality or swallow our sun? Sure, no problem. Just make us a PowerPoint presentation for the board of directors. That's crazy! Makes a cool episode, though. Oh, yeah. He killed her. Again. He should just get canine back so he doesn't have to keep worrying about keeping anyone safe. <laughs> Later, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. I have two from Will. Oh, two. two. Mm. I do, yes. He's busy. Hello, team. Hello. Hello, Hello, Will. We went to see War of the Worlds, and I loved it. Ah, <laughs> good. Hyde was great. Loved the story and the acting. The costumes reminded me of Delta and the Bannermen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Journey to the centre of yeah. the TARDIS was better than Curse of the Black Spot. <laughs> yes. I would like. Sorry. I would have liked it more if there were more things in the TARDIS and less salvage and do it like the adventure game. Not <laughs> the adventure game. I'll have to walk home. Yes. <laughs> Gondor, Gondor, Anger. Yes. That's all for me, Will. Oh. Hi, team. Hi, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Will. He's Hi, back. Will. Yep. To start off, I have Who in Unusual Places. Oh, yes. 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 I was watching the very first episode of Waterloo Road and Jack Rimmer was wondering where the bus was and he said, how can a bus full of kids disappear? It's like something out of Doctor Who. (laughs) I thought ten minutes walk to the centre of nowhere 
I mean, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, <laughs> was okay, but suffered from the salvage crew and the monsters were awful. The Crimson mm. Horror was excellent and lovely yeah. flashback sequence, but the ending was <laughs> too rushed. The next yeah. one looks amazing. Close your ears. <laughs> Mainly because I love these Cybermen and I think Neil right. Gaiman is a genius and the shot at the end of the trailer looks like a shock. Ooh. Time to go now, Will. Adric. Okay. Is Clara going to go the same way as Adric? <laughs> <laughs> She's not as annoying as Adric. <laughs> she can act, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone here for Misha. Hello, Hello Misha. Misha. Hello, team. Just a quickie. It's a joke here. But I think there's some Smith bum in Christopher and his kind. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? I don't know. Did you not see Christopher and his kind? I haven't seen Christopher and his kind. Yeah, yeah, I think there was. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm not going to go specifically looking for it. I've been watching the Tenth Doctor be very, very, very naughty and nasty in The Politician's Husband. Oh, I've not seen that yet. I've just started watching Broadchurch. Yes, he he, he does quite menacing... Rough husband, very, very well. Did you get to see his bottom, Jean? I, I don't have, I haven't got quite to that bit, but I've seen some of the what can be only called rape scenes earlier right, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, indeed. Uh, no pictures because I'm on a train and people opposite me look horrified enough already. <laughs> In fairness, it's eight thirty a.m. on Thursday. I'm surrounded by campy equipment. Eating chocolate eclair sweets and knitting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's probably not helping that these are the 20mm needles, so I look like a borrower. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, special O's to Asdaman. Thank you. Not like that. Asdaman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Asdaman! Asdaman! And I like new series so far. Ooh. Love Misha. Thank, Thank you, Misha. Thanks, Misha. Good to have some positive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I think that's it for written feedback. Yeah. Yes. Should we start with uh, Naya's looks a little shorter, but not by much. Let's go for Naya. Ladies before gentlemen. Yes. Indeed. Hello, Staggering Stories team and your assorted plastic minions. Hello, <laughs> Naya. As always, wonderful to have my friends talking to me, especially when I have to woman up and do a job I've been avoiding. In this particular case, repainting the bathroom. Oh. And I was just reaching the point where I had to stop and let the first layer set a bit, as it were, mm-hmm. when uh, I reached... Fake Keith's Cree decor. So here I am. I'm all right. I'm nowhere near Boston. <laughs> Hopefully this feedback will go to somebody after your rather disturbing uh, after the credits bit. What? What? Uh, <laughs> let's oh, see. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually got that much to say about this particular season of Who. I really enjoyed the wireless episode. Especially the ending, the ending with the the big baddie turning around and talking like a five year old was yeah. just oh, yes. chilling. Yes, but every episode after that, I pretty much find myself at the end going, you know, I'm more excited about seeing next week than I am about having seen this week. Yeah. Mm. So lather and rinse, repeat times three. That's how I feel about this season. Mm. I yeah. don't think, though, that I've come on to tell you about 221BCon yet. No, no, no. So I'm going to take a little side trip into Sherlockiana. Excellent. And very much the TV show Sherlock, although the organizers tried very hard to draw a balance between Sherlock and Elementary and uh, Canon Doyle, etc. Yeah. It was really pre- predominantly a Sherlock convention, and mm. after that, a Canon convention. Uh, Doyle and Cannon, and then after that, an elementary convention, mm-hmm. and then after that, kind of all the other Holmeses. Yeah, yeah. 
The convention planners said at the end that their original contract had been for a convention of 75 to 100 people. So you've got to give them massive, massive, massive props because the final count of attendees, and this isn't including concommons and volunteers, mm-hmm. was 636 wow. people. <laughs> they managed to make that big a jump and make it beautifully. (laughs) Of course, it also helped that everyone, there's no convention like this in America. I'm not sure there's a convention quite like it anywhere. And everyone came determined to have a good time and to (laughs) make a good time and to give everyone around them a good time. There were amazing costumes. Mm. Lots (laughs) of... Well, it was lots of women dressed as men in very good suits because that's kind of what Sherlock is. If she had an umbrella, she was Mycroft, and if she had stubble, she was Moriarty, and if she had black curly hair, she was Sherlock, and if she was in a, we call them sweaters, uh, she was John. And we had the regular kind, of, i.e. women cross dressing as men, and we had femme locks and femme Moriartys and a few other things, and a uh, very nice Femme Mycroft in his gorgeous tailored pantsuit. <laughs> there were lots of Irenes in yeah. black dresses and white dresses. Uh, the, there were several Molly men. Hoopers. And then people really started spreading their wings. There was a glorious set of costumes from Cabin Pressure. Oh, really? Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, really, really put a lot of time and attention into things from the audio play. So the, the woman cosplaying as Captain Creef had a lemon taped to her captain's hat and she had a whisk. <laughs> there was cheese tray and a stuffed sheep and if you haven't listened to Cabin Pressure you're kind of staring at the speakers going what? Uh, yeah. yeah. But suffice Radio it to cool. say there was a lot yeah. of attention to Cabin Pressure detail. There were people doing yeah. fan stories and fan art. There's a cartoon of a little Seven-year-old Sherlock wearing a pirate's hat, sitting in a cardboard box marked Sherlock's Mind Palace. Somebody (laughs) did that cardboard box. Uh, There was somebody in a rabbit costume that they'd run blue lights under to be Bluebell the Bunny. Just really, really inventive costuming. And a lot of people putting a lot of effort into it. Uh, suffice it to say, I was not at the costume call, but suffice it to say that they had to winnow it down to 200 contestants. <laughs> and there was a lot of role play and interactivity because Sherlock NYC was running a scavenger hunt at the same time <laughs> during the convention. And they had certain things that certain pictures you had to get it was a picture scavenger hunt so you had to have your team lie down on the floor and spell out 221b and have someone take your picture you had to get a couple people dressed as characters and have them come and uh reenact a scene from the show so that you could take that picture there were I'm trying to think of other things. Honestly, if you can come to this convention, it is so worth the trip. There were panels, of course. There were dealers, of course. The most amazing thing, and it was a convention full of amazing events. And as I said, amazing costumes. And there was the scavenger hunt and the Baker Street Babes. Another podcast was doing 
they had a speakeasy and they had taken the dancing men code from the Sherlock right. Holmes yep. books yeah. and plastered up the secret password to get into the speakeasy <laughs> in dancing men all over the convention and you had to play Sherlock Holmes and decode it. Yeah. And then the night before the convention started, there was a tea. And it was, in many respects, your basic tea, or at least what an American thinks of, which is closer to a cream tea. I know you're thinking dinner. Um, <laughs> and they had a couple of vendors up in the front because they hadn't made it into the into the main dealer's room. And they had a raffle set of raffle prizes in the back because everyone was holding raffles and giving away things. Uh, Sherlockians, uh, old canonical Sherlockians were giving away copies of the Baker Street Journal. Thanks to the book thing of Baltimore, I had several copies of Canon, so whenever I was in a panel, I'd ask, who hasn't read the original stories yet? And I'd give away copies of the original books. That's oh, nice. Um, so the people were giving away stuff all weekend. As I said, we were determined to make and have a good time. But I digress. So there's there's a raffle, and there's games on the table so that we can have a, a little bit of a mixer. And uh, the hotel had laid out finger sandwiches and, and little cookies and things. But the big deal was there weren't actually serving tea tea, not at your table. You took your cup, and you got a cup of hot water, and you went up front, and people dressed in costume as the characters. Mm-hmm. We're giving away Cara McGee's Adiago Teas, A-D-A-G-I-O dot com. I believe it's actually a British company. Mm-hmm. And it started doing fanish blends. And Cara McGee is one of the most prolific of the blenders. And uh, basically, she's made up a blend for lots of things from Cabin Pressure. She's made up a blend for Harry Potter characters. She's made up a blend for Sherlock Holmes characters. <laughs> and when you came into the tea, you got a goodie bag that had one cup's worth of her teas. Mine was called Ottery Kisses. Each one was different. But anyway, I digress. Up at the front of the room were people dressed as characters. And they were giving away Adiago's teas. Karamiki's mm-hmm. Adiago tea blend. So if you wanted a blend, you went to the person dressed as the character uh, pertaining uh, to that blend. Yeah. So the woman dressed as Moriarty was giving away Moriarty oh. and the science of destruction. And the woman dressed as Sherlock was giving away the science of deduction and Sherlock. And I think there's one called The Wall Had It Coming, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to throw this one in just for fake Keith. I got a hug from the woman playing Anderson because Anderson's character is so unpopular. Nobody wanted the tea. But it was very citrus-based. And I thought, oh, that sounds good. So I went and got some. And I went later. After everyone had been through the line, you could come back again. And so I came back and I was getting samples of all the various teas, including another Anderson. And she was so happy she came out and hugged me (laughs) because nobody wanted Anderson tea, even though it is very good. And she came to look me up later, fake Keith, and I was knitting because, of course, that's what I do when I'm sitting at a convention. And she said she had never learned to knit. So, of course, the next thing this poor girl knew, I had shown her how to make a stitch and I had shoved the needles into her hands. And she's staring at it, so afraid she's going to mess it up. And I hadn't realized that three other people, an Irene, a... uh, 
the woman dressed as Martin Kreef, and I didn't quite recognize the costume of the third one, were standing behind us, and they started going, knit, 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 knit. <laughs> she finally took one stitch and handed it back to me, and they all cheered madly. <laughs> a friend of mine got a photo that I think really sums up the entire convention. It was seven Johns, two Sherlocks, one Femlock, one Anderson... And the 11th doctor standing over the body of the woman in pink lying on the carpet because Timegate, a Doctor Who convention, was there and there were lots of people taking pictures of their Sherlock Holmes characters coming out of the TARDIS because Timegate set up a TARDIS. And this is about as long as I can manage to make one of these things and still mail it. So let's see if it goes through. Take care and I'll listen to you in a couple weeks. Bye. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Cabin Pressure, just for information, is a Radio 4 comedy series starring Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and uh, who are Stephanie yeah. Cole, based on a little Tim Pot airline. Yeah. Is it still available, do we know? It is. Oh, yeah. well, in that case, they I just had the fourth season recently, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's quite good at what I've heard of it. Anyway, uh, I think our last bit of feedback now it's Reese. Hello, Hello stories team. Hello. And because I heard a grumbling last time because I didn't manage to get any feedback for the last episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I heard you. Hello, head of Pertwee. And because I might feel left out, hello, Graham and Nazi Spock and Dangerous Churchill. And I'm hoping he's there this time because I want to say this. Hello, Asdomar! <laughs> <laughs> how are you all? Good, thank you. I think well, I hope good. you're good because I've got to be quick at this because I'm reviewing four episodes of Doctor Who and because Adam's wow. seen it and I'm assuming you all have and I'm assuming you're going to talk about it on the podcast, I'm also going to try and be quick and talk about Iron Man 3. So yep. basically, yep. to yep. go through four episodes of Doctor Who really quickly, I'll start <laughs> off with whether I like them or not. Cold yep. War by Mark Gates. It's uh, Gatiss. Yes, it's Gatiss, not Gatiss. I yep. loved it. It was great. With Cold War, I love how honest and close to the original design Mark Gatiss wanted the production design crew to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ice Warrior, that is. Mm-hmm. And how close they got it. Unlike the Silurians. I did yes. imagine hearing the disappointed cries of many fanboys when the helmet was raised and you saw the CGI'd head, but other than that, I think other people are happy with it too. No, I enjoyed happy. the story. Yeah. David yeah. Warner was fantastic, and a great bit of trivia <laughs> that Edward mm. Russell, the brand manager, tweeted was that the music for it was composed in the Sydney Opera House between the Symphonic Spectacular showings oh, whilst yeah. Murray Gold was looking out over the Sydney Harbour. Yeah. And Whoa. Edward Russell would know this because he was actually here at the time with Murray, so <laughs> pretty fun, I thought. <laughs> the that weekend, was trivia. And the music was pretty good, except for a techno version of I'm the Doctor at the end, which, <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a fan of techno music, and it's like he just took a version of I'm the Doctor and played techno music over the top of it. And if you think this sound is sounding rehearsed and rushed, it's because it is. Because I've recorded this three times before, and each time oh. it's gone up to 15 minutes long. <laughs> so moving on to Hyde, I agree completely with your opinions. It was much better than Neil Cross's previous story, oh, although yeah. that was his second written story. Yep. Yeah. Timey yeah. wimey. Uh, broadcasty, broadcasty. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> much better, although I do enjoy the other one. I don't have much more that's original to say about it, but I still think that it was a greatest hits kind of compilation thing, but it hit greater than the other one. And, mm. yeah, people were a bit annoyed by the lovesick monster at the end, but... Well, not monster, kind of alien thing, but I wasn't. No, it was no, fine. Okay. By no, me. No uh, and I like Fake Keith's theory as to why Matt Smith said Metabilis 3 differently than uh, John Pertwee. 
can't quite remember how uh, Matt Smith said it. Metabolus, I think it was. You think yeah, that'd have been a director at some point, or the writer, even, or I don't know, camera guy saying, "Oh no, I, Matt, I've actually heard it pronounced Metabolus three in the class." It lets the pedantic yeah. fans argue about how it's really pronounced because in the yeah. new series it's Metabolus, and in the old series it's Metabolus. Yeah, <laughs> timey wimey, time to move on to an episode really which I'm actually interested to hear El Presidente's reaction to because it's written by Steve Thompson. And he's had a troubled relationship with Steve's work in the past. <laughs> yeah, I quite liked spot. It. it wasn't terrible, yeah. but it yeah. wasn't outstanding. And I know a lot of people seemed a little nonplussed by it. And I think the reason being is people were expecting to see a bit more from the TARDIS yeah. in terms of personal interactions, like in The Doctor's Wife with Idris, mm. the human embodiment. And I'm not surprised that we didn't, because I think this soon after... The Doctor's Wife would cheapen The Doctor's Wife a bit. I think in another yeah. few years, if you got an even deeper look into how the TARDIS feels as a living thing about their adventures, would work. But right now, I don't think so. But I still enjoyed it, despite the fact we didn't get something like that. Also, I liked seeing the pool and the room with the telescope from Tiffany oh, yeah. Claw yeah. and the library. But the thing that I don't like about, and I know it was like this in the classic series in uh, The Invasion of Time, but the thing I don't like about filming the interior of the TARDIS is they don't make the sets exactly like the console room. Like uh, my problem with the Doctor's wife, one of very, very few problems that I've noticed after about 19 or 20 times watching it. Okay, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but quite a few times watching it. But it's not. My only real problems were that with it was the corridors that Amy and Rory were running down. We've all mentioned this before, but my main problem with them was that they didn't look... And I know it would have cost a lot of money to build them that way, but they didn't look like the console room. I think the no. ship should look entirely like the console room all the way through. Kind of like the Enterprise fits in with the bridge. So it's the same design. And I just think... And I, it was fun, the implication in the Invasion of Time that they were running inside the TARDIS, but it was an old hospital. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of the Invasion of Time, I liked in the corridors in this... When they walked through one, it came through exactly the same one, and it was kind of like the interior messing around with them. And mm-hmm. I imagine Barusa saying, oh, you need to get your interior dimensions fixed and all that. And have fun. <laughs> yes, that's one of the few classic stories I've actually seen. But yeah, I quite liked it. Again, we got different TARDIS moments, but it's still quite good. Now to move on to one that I've only seen once, and I'm not sure whether I think it was okay or pretty good. Pretty good being a much better compliment than okay in my books. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Crimson Horror. Mm. No, wait, the Crimson Horror. I think it was good. <laughs> there were bits that I loved, bits I thought were weird in a Tim Burton kind of way. Oh, that's quite interesting, weird. Bits that were weird in a okay, you can do that, but I don't know what the hell's going on kind of way. And bits that I thought were uh, okay. Um, yeah, you do that. Um Bits I loved was that Mark Gatiss was able to take three characters that I thought only Stephen Moffat could write for, Strax, Jenny, and Vastra, and write them superbly. I loved the bits of the Doctor we got. I loved Dame Diana Rigg and her daughter. Fantastic. Strange character for the Dame, but uh, other than that, it was still excellent. So was she. I liked the way they all played off each other, but there was something about the imagery that put me off it, but also... Specifically, the scene where one of the people that's poisoned by the venom walks into the room where the doctor is, oh, sees him, and that's the last thing he yeah. sees, and you know, gets the image of the doctor in his eye. And all that. Yeah. I thought yeah. that the image of him with the goo running down him was a bit much for a children audience. There are four-year-olds mm. and six 
four to six year olds watching this and older you know but there are younger people watching it and i just think images like that could leave them with nightmares and the only reason why i think that is because if i was sleeping and i had i recalled that scene of somebody walking into a room dripping with red covered in red then in my sleep when i suddenly wake up i'd confuse that for blood and imagine this kind of zombie looming over me and (laughs) you know i'd have nightmares if i was a seven-year-old or whatever watching it I'm slowly getting older with my examples of people watching it. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, so I had this kind of consciousness saying, whilst I was enjoying it, going, is that suitable for kids, though? How would they feel about it? And it drew me out a bit. But You're getting yeah, old, Reese. Pretty good episode. Yeah. Now, I have to say, we joke about Adam transferring his affections to Jenna and Clara. Mm. Uh, personally, I think that's happened to me. Oh, oh, still oh. Adore She is still drop-dead gorgeous. But I'm beginning to think, so is Jenna Louise Coleman. She is gorgeous. (laughs) And I think she plays Clara excellently, even if, and I agree that this version of Clara is the weakest so far, I still think she plays her brilliantly. And her interactions with Matt are superb, and she is gorgeous. (laughs) And I wouldn't call her a wooden actor. Some of the listeners to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast, plug plug, have called her wooden, but I certainly wouldn't call her that. Especially that scene in Hyde where she breaks down into tears when she realises she's seen basically the whole, well, most of the passage of time through history of of Earth. And she just breaks down. I thought, oh my God, that's so sad and so sweet. And shows an ability to act. So she's not a wooden actress. No. But anyway, I think that I've fallen in love with her. And, you know, she's (laughs) A great actress and great companion, and it was actually good to hear her theme again in uh, the Crimson Aura. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah. heard it in a while. As I reach ten minutes into this feedback, apologies for going on for so long, but I've had a lot to talk about. I'm going to talk about Iron Man Three. I, I oh, yes. adored it. Yes. Oh, you want more? Yes. Okay. Yes. Basically, I've loved the Marvel films. I love most comic book superhero films, but I'm talking mainly Marvel at the moment. I've loved Marvel films, but I think the best out of them and the most rewatchable are the Iron Man films. I've watched the Iron Man films again and again and again compared to the others, mostly because of the excellent character of Tony Stark and the superb actor of Robert Downey Jr. And also the second one because of the wonderful good looks of Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Pervy teen alert. Pervy teen alert. (laughs) And and I I really enjoyed them. I liked Thor and Captain America and uh, three quarters of the Incredible Hulk until it descended into big CGI'd screaming things throwing cars at each other. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed them until the Avengers and that kind of raised the bar a bit. Yeah. Now, because of that, I think the Iron Man part of the Marvel franchise has raised its standards too to live up to the level that Joss Whedon set by bringing all these different characters together in such a wonderful way and breathing life into other characters like Scarlett Johansson's character and Jeremy Renner's character, which didn't have as much development in the other films as all the other characters, given the fact that the other characters had their names in the title. We got a bit more into their story with the Avengers. Not too much more, but a bit. And like I said, I think this film has raised the bar to live up to those standards set by the Avengers. And before any of you make the joke, I'm obviously talking about Avengers Assemble, as it's called over there. <laughs> yep. Not yep. the Avengers Dina that Dame Diana Rigg was yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, I said all this this compliment of uh, Whedon coming from the point of view of someone who's only seen Firefly, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, and The Avengers Assemble. Yeah, right. um, yep. But I agree with Keith that I worship at the altar of Whedon. They <laughs> <laughs> catch up yep. on mashed potato a bit. Oh, wait, no. no wrong, wrong one. Wrong I one. do worship at his, at his altar, and um, I think there's some 
energy from the Avengers that's carried on into this film, and it's wonderful. So I think that Guy Pearce was outstanding and a bit of a surprise to me because if I believed what he'd said in interviews, I would have believed that he was a uh, incidental character, sort of at the beginning and the end, more set up for the next film. Those oh, really? are his exact words in one Dirty of the interviews. Line. I saw that he did over here. And if I'd believed the trailers, right. I'd have believed that Ben Kingsley was playing the uh, most yeah. evil character in the film. Pretty evil in a particular way. Not trying to give too many spoilers away, but he's <laughs> not the most evil in the film. He was really no. good nonetheless. Slightly I think evil. All excellent. I mean, yeah. sticking with Guy Pearce, the night before I saw this, I called the last half of the King's speech, which he was in, and it's a completely <laughs> yeah. different role. And yeah. I just was reminded about how good an actor he is. But again, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> was fantastic in this film. I think he always is. He's got just a way of comic timing, which is excellent. Yeah. And he can do the hurt stuff really well, both mm. physically hurt, being thrown around as Iron Man, and, you know, emotionally hurt. And boy, but, does he get thrown oh, around. Honestly, <laughs> that's all I could say. I think Gwyneth Paltrow... She's gone from playing a character. She was marvelous all the way all, in all three films and even the Avengers. But she's gone from playing a character that was written as the silly, the character with the silly name Pepper Potts, all yeah. hilarious, to a character that I really care about. And I went <gasps> when at a particular moment in the film, mm-hmm. which when you yep. see it, if you haven't already, listeners, you will recognize and you will understand which moment that is. Yep. Basically, I'm just going to say I Look love this film. Off. I'm going to watch it again as many times as I can at the cinema, and then I'm definitely going to get it on DVD or Blu-ray. And one last point as I wrap up, I actually got the soundtrack to this before I saw the film, Ooh, be and Track I names. have to say, I'm not <laughs> going to do that again, because it's kind of like watching the movie before reading the book. Not in giving away plot points, but it kind of... It just drew me out of it when I heard yeah, a piece that sounded familiar, and I thought, oh, yeah, so yeah. that you concentrate on the music, that, yeah. that scene, and that yeah. situation, and it just kind of like Adam said when he watches, he doesn't watch trailers sometimes because when he sees the episode, the clips from the trailer, he'll go, aha, so that's what that is. Yeah, it does well, that's where that's it. from. Yeah. I do, I did the same with the music, so it's just a little funny thing I noticed. But anyway, I shall say goodbye to you, fine folk, and hear you and hopefully speak to you next time if I remember and find the time to send me feedback again. (laughs) And I apologise for the epic waffle or ramble. Take your pick as to which word. Anyway, goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, Elise. Nothing like an epic waffle. (laughs) Yeah. Only if you get maple syrup with it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the lot then? I think it is. Can we go home? (laughs) And that once again, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up another Staggering Stories podcast. We hope you have been entertained, delighted, and found us informative or interesting. Until the next time, this is goodbye from me. Goodbye. Au revoir. Ta-ra. Toodaloo. You've been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 158, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, Real Keith, and Scott Fuller. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and do not necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Are you on? I think so. Let's have a look. You're on. Towards you. Now, Adam? I wonder if that's the mic that Keith Uh was using last Uh time. Uh Ah. Ooh. Because that was... Okay. Gene. Gene, what have you done to this mic? That's why it's so low down. Have you been shouting at this mic? (laughs)
Oh yeah, there was technical difficulties last time. There, there was, yeah. When I hit yes. the yeah. hit the feedback and Keith just went. You can do a good moffat, can we? <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. Scottish. Scottish <laughs> like that. <laughs> we lost him to producing the Sarah Jean adventures at the end of the first run. That's really crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, do you want me to? Yes. Oh, he's got do his you want notes. to write the um, addresses down? Write them. I don't know how I get them to otherwise. Ah. You can Facebook them to him. Can yeah. I? Okay, I'll do Email that when I get it. home. Okay, yeah, there we go. These computer things. Newfangled computer. Very useful. Uh, uh, okay, she doesn't <laughs> understand computers. <laughs> Jaffa thing. There we, we went all There's the way home. home. We went all the way home and I forgot the cake. You got the... <laughs> We got a cake. We got a chocolate cake. Oh, we can have that when we get home. Okay. Yeah, because that, that's the same thing as giving, <laughs> giving the man a slice of his own birthday cake. I don't mind. I get a cake, so I'm happy. Just save him a slice. It's yeah, I'll send you a picture of it. <laughs> in various stages of being eaten. Mm-hmm. Well, Not after Morella's at home. Oh, God, it's probably already gone. <laughs> Baby wants cake. Giving <laughs> <laughs> cravings already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on to letters and that'll make it a nice shortish one. Well, you can say that. We've got a lot of feedback. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> bring it on. Oh, I can get vouchers from Tesco's. Can you? Yeah, Tesco.com now with more choice. Shop now. Plug, plug. You can't plug Tesco's, not with Asda Man here. <laughs> <laughs> Asda Man got caught in Tesco's. Yes, <gasps> yes, I, I caught him. I caught him walking into Tesco's oh, last please. Saturday. Yeah, on the deadline. It was on the deadline. I ran there down. because we were, we were running late because of my niece and nephew being around, and I was trying to get back for Journey in the Centre of the Tardis. So I ran to Tesco, thinking no one would spot me there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught. Did you I got the caught. There, there was Keith in his hat. <laughs> Closed. I had that one for my alarm at work for my exercise every 30 minutes and I was told, turn it off. So I put, danger, mistress, danger, mistress, danger. And I was told to turn that one off. So I now have a little chimey bell. It's the closest I'm allowed to put to the um, cloister bell without annoying my colleagues. 